So we're going straight into the Word of God today. I'm not carrying on with the series that we have been in. Who's enjoying the Joseph series? Fantastic. Really, really good. What a great way to start the year. Who's believing for dreams fulfilled this year? Come on, that's about half of us. Anybody else getting some dreams fulfilled this year? Come on, this is a year to see the most incredible things happening. And I'm putting my faith out there. There are certain dreams that I want to see fulfilled within the next two to three weeks. Seriously. Seriously. Man alive. I've changed my shirt and I'm already hot. Fantastic. Genesis 28, because I've already overrun. Let's keep going. Oh no, we started late, didn't we? That's all right. I've still got 10 minutes. Fantastic. Genesis 28, fantastic passage of scripture (coughs) about actually um, Joseph's father. And we find here, this was a day when everything changed for Jacob. It says now, he goes out from Beersheba and he goes down towards Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night long. Night seasons are not great seasons. Hello? The Bible talks about night seasons. But the great thing about night seasons is that they come to an end. (laughs) They come to an end. The Bible says though, crying may last for the night. Come on. Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes. Never put your mind on the night time. Always put your... Your, your faith and your mind on what's coming down the road. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. He was on the cross. He was going through the experience. He was going through hell and back and coming out as the resurrection and the life, as the Alpha and the Omega, as the one whom death could not hold down. But it was because he could see what's coming. Yes. And I want to say to you this morning, make sure you can see what's coming down the rest of 2019. Yes. Barns filled. Come on. Vats overflowing in Jesus' name. Look at at least 32 people and say, Barns filled. Vats overflowing. Come on. He stayed there all night long because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones that had been there in that place and he put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Verse 12, I love this. Then he dreamed. Doesn't matter how dark your situation gets, you can still have a dream. You can still have a dream. Even though everything's arrayed against you, you can still dream. Any dreamers in the place this morning? Come on. And he dreamed and behold, there was a, 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 a stepladder that was set up on earth and its top reached into heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending. Isn't it interesting? It it doesn't say they were descending and ascending. See, how the Bible says things makes all the difference. See, so many people, I'm not going to get into angels this morning because it's a bit much for a Sunday morning and it's a bit weird. (laughs) But you know what? Angels are not all out there you know, doing nothing, just playing a harp on a cloud. The Bible says they've all been sent to work on your and my behalf. Oh, I don't know if I need an angel. Well, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. When he was out there in the desert for 40 days, the Bible says the angels of God. Yeah, but I've got the Holy Ghost. So did Jesus. 
He had the fullness. In fact, he is the fullness of the word made flesh. He had the Holy Spirit. He was in perfect agreement with the Father. He was in all authority, all power, in all victory. He had just been anointed in the Jordan and he still had angels come and serve him. And I want to believe God that this year there's going to be angelic intervention into our lives and into our circumstances. Anybody want some of that? Come on. And the angels, you see, they're on earth. They start down here. They go up to heaven, do what they do, and they come back down here because this is why they are sent. And behold, the Lord stood above it all. And he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father. Aren't you so glad today that you don't have to say you're the Lord of my father, even though that's a powerful thing, the God of Abraham is a very powerful statement. But I'm so glad that I can stand here today and not just say you're the God of history, but you're the God, you're my father. You're my healer. You're my provider. You're my deliverer. And the land on which you lie, I will give you and your descendants. I believe with all my heart, God's got land for you and I. He's got promises for you and I. The Word of God is full of all the promises that are for everybody. Whether that's peace or joy or healing or or provision. But God has also spoken into your heart. You've got dreams. I've got dreams. And I'm sure we can confirm it with a verse from the Word of God and from something that God's put in our hearts. Everything has to line up with the Word of God. But you know what? Perhaps you can't find something that is so specific about your situation. You can just find a general, a general promise. Well, you know what? That's enough. That's enough. God has spoken into your heart. And God is saying to us this morning, he will fulfill every word that he sends out of his mouth. I will give you the land, the north, south, east and west, he goes on. Verse 15, and behold, I am with you. Come on, Emmanuel, with me? Come on, don't lose it, without me. With me? Without me. With me? Without me. We're going to live 2019 with God. With God, God with us and us with God. And I will protect you, I'll keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back into this land because I've spoken it. Verse 16, then he gets up from his sleep, he wakes up and he says, surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't know it and he was afraid. How many of you know it's good to have a, a respect and a godly fear for God? doesn't mean to say we're, a, we're scared of God in that sense. But you know what? Sometimes I think the church sometimes doesn't have enough godly fear for who God is. The Bible says even in the New Testament that he is an all-consuming fire. The Bible says in our generation, I believe actually from the last 2,000 years, everything's going to uh, sh- uh, shake and quake in his presence except the things that are unshakable. The kingdom of God and the life that's built on the rock. But we need to have a godly fear for God. Respect and honour. Today is a day of honour. Today is all about honour. That's what it's all about. Today is not about money. Today is not just about an offering. It's about honouring God. And this is what he did. And, And it goes on here. It says, this is the house of God. How awesome is this place? The house of God, the gate of heaven, verse 18. And he got up early in the morning. That's a good thing to do. And he took the stone that he had put at his head and he set it up as a pillar 
he poured oil on it and he called the name of that place the house of God. Verse 20, then he made a vow saying, if God's going to be with me and, and heal me, provide for me, uh, stay with me, protect me. He says, then I will come back to my father's house in peace and the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I've set up as a pillar shall be the house of God. And I will give you a tithe, a tenth of everything. This is such an incredibly powerful scripture or passage. Everything changed for Jacob that day. The most amazing thing. He went from being in a night season in a place of discomfort. I don't know if you've ever slept on a rock. <laughs> I've slept on a park bench or three or four. They are not the nicest places to sleep. I know if, if you've ever had to go, you know, been around a mate's house or something and you've ended up on the floor. Or perhaps you're married and you've ended up on the floor. <laughs> perhaps we don't talk about that. That's why we're here today in First Fruits. Yes, See it turn around in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Get you back up off the floor. But, see, he went from a place of discomfort with this rock as a pillow. And he took the thing that was the place of discomfort. Perhaps you've been facing stuff the last year, the last five years, I don't know, and it's a place of discomfort. It's a place of stony, hard place that's not, I mean, this guy was homeless. He was out there. He was lying out under the stars. And yet he took the very place of discomfort and by faith, because he had a dream. Come on. And he did it by faith because he had a vision. He had a goal. He had a plan. He had something to go for God. He had an encounter with God, which meant everything changed. And he took that place of discomfort and he turned it up, turned it over, poured oil on it. You see, what do you do with your places of discomfort? Do you moan about them or do you anoint them? Do you complain about them or do you declare the word of God over them? He said, this place of discomfort, I don't see this as a, just a rock anymore. I see it as a place where God lives. And I want to inspire your faith today. Perhaps it's a family situation. Perhaps it's a health situation. It's, it's time to stop calling it what it looks like and start prophesying what it's going to be. This is a place where God lives. This is a place that God inhabits. It may be a business. It may be your finances today. But I declare it in Jesus' name, not barns empty, barns full. Not vats empty, vats overflowing in Jesus' name. Come on, can I hear an amen in this house? Tell, I'm rather excited about this. So he went from a place of discomfort. He spoke the word of God over it. He poured oil on top of it. We're going to be praying for everybody today. It's going to be awesome. There's going to be 10 prayer stations up here and we're going to get oil on you. It's all right. We'll avoid your clothes. It's okay. But we're going to pray for everybody. Anoint people with oil. Pray, prophesy, declare the word of God. He took his place. He turned it over. He anointed it. And he committed to an offering from that day on. It was a tithe actually. Everything changed for us today, Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10. Honour the Lord with your possessions. That's what today is all about. Honouring God. Today's not a building offering. Today's not a heart for the house offering. Or whatever else you want to call it. Today is one thing and one thing only. It's an honouring God day. 
Can I hear an amen? amen? It's an honoring God day. How does it say to honor the Lord in this scripture? There are so many ways we honor God. We honor God with our words, with our attitude. We honor God in our conversations. We honor God by what we watch or don't watch. We honor God by where we go or don't go. There's all sorts of things that we honor God by. But as a church today, as a family today, as a body today, as an army today, as a temple today, as the people of God gathering together with one voice, with one heart, as we praise God with all our heart, our soul and our strength, with one voice and the place shakes with, with the glory of God and the praises, the high praises of God, in our mouth. As we worship God, what are we doing? We are honouring God. Honour the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. The reason why we do it the first weekend of February every year is because pretty much we've all got paid our first salary of the year. We're not farmers. As in, we're all farmers, but we're not farmers naturally. But we're all people who sow seed and reap a harvest. Honour the Lord with your possessions, the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled. Not might be. Hello? See, I want to stir up your believing today. Your barns will be filled. Your vats will overflow with new wine. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18. If you're a guest here today, this is this, you know, today is all about honoring God with an offering. So you might think, oh, all they want is my money. Well, this is the one day of the year where we address this stuff, okay? <laughs> Deuteronomy 8:18. 8, and you shall remember the Lord your God. What does it mean to remember? It means to focus on. It's not about, you know, now make sure you don't forget. It's not about forgetting. The Bible says in 2 Timothy, it says, always remember Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. And it doesn't mean to say that, you know, you're going along your everyday life and you, perhaps you come into church on Sunday just like we did today and we started singing, He is risen. Who's risen? Who's risen? I can't remember. What's this song about? I don't know about you. We never forget that Jesus is risen. Hello? We never forget it. And yet the Bible says, always remember, Jesus is raised from the dead. What's it saying? Have this as first place in your mind. Focus on this. Set your attention on this. Have this. The Bible says so many things about first. Seek first. Love first. So many things about first. And can I say remember first? What are we to remember? You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth. You see, it means what it says. That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. You see, I believe God has called us to greater things. Come on, guys. Come on, stir it up this morning. I believe God has called us to greater things. Can I hear an amen? Come on, this is a life-changing day today. Let's push in from the very start. Let's press in from the very start because we will have what we believe for by the end of this day. God, I believe, has called us to greater things than just average. He's, he has called us to a life of goodness, wholeness, fulfillment, and overflow in abundance. Verse 18 says, God has given us the power to get wealth. What is wealth? Well, it's the prosperity of God. 
And I'm not going to spend a long time today because I now need to, sh uh, to close. But what is prosperity all about? Well, prosperity, first and foremost, is the prosperity of heart. The prosperity of heart. What does that mean? We have a healthy relationship with God through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what, that's what true heart prosperity is. See, the Bible talks about the state of your heart. A prosperous heart is where joy floods out of. It's where love comes out. Forgiveness comes out of. People struggling with forgiveness. Come on, have a prosperous spirit. You've been forgiven, so it's time for us to forgive. No matter what they've done to you. It's time to rejoice, even though, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's time to have peace, which passes all understanding. Faith which moves every mountain. Come on, this is all things. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, long-suffering. All of these things have to do with a prosperous spirit. But then that prosperity needs to get into every other part of our life. What are we talking about? Prosperous mind. Where you're in control of your mind. Spirit of self-control. Uh, where your mind is thinking on things that are pure and lovely and peace-loving. Things of a good report. Where your mind is set on things above and not worrying and anxious about the things down here. Can I hear an amen this morning? Prosperous mind, prosperous emotions are not ones that do this. But just steady, stable. Where your emotions are not suppressed. They're held. It's a different thing. Prosperous spirit, prosperous soul, mind, will, emotions. A prosperity in your body where there's a strength and there's a health in your body. You know where that comes from? Third John says, you shall prosper in your body and in your stuff according to the prosperity of your mind, your will and your emotions. Wow. God has given us the power to get wealth, to get prosperity. And of course, that ends up in our finances and in other parts of our lives. But the emphasis here is not God will give you wealth. The emphasis is God has given you the power to get wealth. Wow, what's that all about? Well, he's saying this, you've got the power to go and get it. Go and obtain it. Go lay hold of it. To go lay hold of the promises of God for your own life. God's given us the power. How do we get wealth then? How do we obtain wealth? What is this power? Well, we obtain wealth by attraction. Any attractive people in the room? Come on, every hand should be up. Any attractive people in the room? Yeah, woohoo. What is attractive, attractivity? What is attractivity? I don't know. What is attraction? Attraction comes from the inside. It doesn't come from the outside. I've met some of the most stunning people that are really ugly. Hello? We obtain wealth by attraction. Where do we attract it from? Well, number one, from God. Number two, from people. How attractive are we to God? And how attractive are we to people? You know what it says in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, Let each one of you give as, as he's made up his own mind and purposed in his own heart. Not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves 
Listen to this. God loves, he takes pleasure in, he prizes above other things and is unwilling to do without or to abandon a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. What a phenomenal scripture. You know what that really says in just one little expression? Generosity is attractive to God. Generosity is attractive to God. So let's get rid of this stingy thing, shall we? <laughs> I don't know about you, but there's always those people that when it's their turn to buy dinner, oh, oh sorry, I left my wallet at home. And you go, yeah, right, you toe rag. You don't say that because you're a, a loving Christian. And you forgive, and of course, it doesn't matter how much, because we don't give just for somebody to give back. So it doesn't matter if you've bought it once or ten times, you're, you're the generous one. But we, no one likes to be around that stingy one. Hello? You know who I'm talking to. You can see their face, their name. When you're down the pub and it's their time to buy the round and you go, oh, oh, so I left my, oh. And you, you know, do you take luncheon vouchers? <laughs> man, like most of you don't know what luncheon vouchers are, do you? Oh, man, stingy people. They're just the worst. Aren't they the worst? You know, they talk a big game and they, and they don't ever perform. Just stingy people. Stingy people. It's not about an amount of money, guys. This is about an attitude on the inside. It's not just about money. It's about attitude. It's about, you know, stingy with words, stingy with praise. Oh, no, I don't tell people how good they are just in case they get proud. Oh, dear, look, wake up. Come on, tell people they're awesome. Encourage them. The enemy's around there trying to beat them up. Don't join his side. Don't join his side. Encourage people. Encourage people. Be an encourager. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your words. Be generous with your attitude. Be, be a generous person. Just do whatever you can to be a blessing. You know what? It does more on the inside of you than it even does to the person you're giving to. You know what? I stir myself up in this area of generosity. I do it on purpose to make sure I don't get stingy. I can't do it now, but in the old days, in the old days, when we used to go, you know, across the Dartford Bridge, before that, well, actually through the tunnel before they had a bridge, and then they added the bridge, that was great. And they have the booths either side of the tunnel, and you'd go in with your pound and you'd throw it in the bucket and drive through. Is that what you do? You stingy thing. No, that's not what we do. You know what we do? We go over to the little person in the little canopy thing, and you say, there's 10 quid, I want to pay for the next nine cars as well. Hello? Yes. You've never done that? You've never lived. <laughs> I, just, I just think about the faces of the people that drive up to the booth, and they say, there's my pound to drive through, Mr. Nice Dartford Tunnel Man, woman, person, PC. Whichever gender you are of the 64 that Facebook have. <laughs> Hello. Moving right along. And they go, oh, it's okay, sir, madam, or whichever is driving the car. But the person three cars in front of you has already paid your bill. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. See, I don't know if you think like this, but this is what God hangs around people like that. 
God hangs around people like that. Going into a, a restaurant or something and you, you know, you're having your meal, you're there doing all the romantic stuff. It's fed the 14th soon, guys, just saying. But then you're doing all the romantic stuff and the, the rose and the, and the whatever else. And while you're doing it, you look around the room and think, who else can I bless? Who else can I bless? We've done this so many times. I'm, not, I'm saying this, come on, because I want to lift the room this morning. I want to lift up your eyes, lift up your head. Just have a, just a, you know, perhaps it's an older couple and you think, I wonder, you may be wrong, but who cares? If, oh, I don't want to give to rich people. Why the heck not? You give to Jesus. Hello? And it could be that they got so much money they don't know what to do with it, but it could be they're really struggling. Some perhaps older couple and you just, you know, you call over the waitress, say, you know what, I'd like to pay my bill, but you know what, don't say anything, but I want you to pay theirs as well. I want, I want to pay theirs as well. We've done this so many times and one time about 20 years ago and, um, and then, and, and the tow rack, the, the lady, <laughs> the nice waitress went and told them, they just paid your bill. So, of course, it gets embarrassing and they stand up and they come over and they go, oh, thank you so much. Anyway, then he says, are you Julian Melfi? And I go, yeah. And he says, oh, I was at Earl's Court when you were up there leading Earl's Court Crusades or whatever else back in the early 90s because this wasn't long after. And he said, I know you. And I went, oh, I don't know you. <laughs> and we have this little chat. And then 20 years later, he walks in the doors here. I didn't know who he was. I mean, this is 20 years gone by. You remember this? About six years ago, walks through and just puts an envelope in the offering and just says for Pastor Jay on the front, Pastor Julian, and he, and he just really blesses us more, way more than we soaked him. We didn't do it for that, but you know what? God is an awesome God. God is an awesome God. You see, generosity is attractive to God. And as we present our first fruits today, you better believe God is going to inhabit this place. Why? Because he hangs around generous people. Hello? Yeah, look at someone say, don't be stingy. Be generous. Be nice to people. Say nice things. Say nice things. Yeah, be nice. So we obtain wealth by attraction. How else do we obtain wealth? We obtain wealth by creation. Oh, I could preach for hours on this. Oh, can I? No, I can't. Uh, God is a creative God. God is a creative God. He wants to get right into every situation that is represented here today and do something creative. He wants to do something supernatural. It may take ravens. It may take manna. It may take oil when the oil's run out. It may take a coin in a fish's mouth. It may take a boy's lunch to feed 5,000 people. It may take a cake of raisins as the final meal of somebody and it turns into the biggest business deal she's ever had. Or as it does for most of the time, it may take the fact that we sow into an offering and then God moves supernaturally and over the course of the year, the most incredible, things happening, people believing for houses. We had that awesome testimony last week. Somebody with no deposit had been made redundant and was on the notice saying you're going in June, been made redundant, no deposit, had been turned down by the, 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 the banks for the, you know, for the loans um, and, 
and was over the price bracket of the house she was going, the flat she was going to buy, made an offer underneath. They said, no, if you come back with this offer, you can have it. And she said, no, I'm not going back with that offer. I'm sticking with that one. Gets the phone call. It's yours. Only one problem. No job, no mortgage, no deposit. Come on. God wants to move supernaturally. And by the time... And by the time that whole thing and she instructed solicitors and whatever else, God had supernaturally provided the deposit, had supernaturally arranged the mortgage and got the thing and she was given the job back. They said, we're creating this new thing and we want you to have it. She's still in the job today and staying in the UK as a result. Come on. <laughs> Flipping awesome. Man. Yeah, I love this, I love this, I love this, I love this. Yeah. God's given us the power to get wealth. Where is this power? Two places. Number one, in your heart. The state of your heart is of the utmost importance. What do we mean by that? Can I just say it in real, just simple terms? Attitude. Attitude. We've already talked about, you know, stingy, generous, but come on, attitude of heart. You know, the Bible says, don't be lukewarm. Don't be lukewarm. Don't be, I don't know, this is in the Melfi Citygate language. Don't be boring. Don't be average. Don't just be, oh, you know what, I put a little bit of effort in and, you know, I think about God every now and again. Come on, Jesus said or, to the churches, white hot or stone cold. Now, people struggle with that. Oh, is Jesus saying he wants you cold? Yeah, he said it. Hot or cold, what does that mean? I'll tell you exactly what it means. It doesn't mean to say you're on fire for God or really against God or away from God. It's not what it means. If you are lukewarm, all you do is you are affected by the temperature surrounding you. Your life just reflects what's around you. But if you are white hot, you heat up your environment. If you are stone cold, you cool down your environment. You're the one making the difference. And he said, come on, if you're just lukewarm, just like everybody else, same old, same old, you know what? You make no difference in the world. Come on, I'm preaching better now than you're responding. This is all right, Tyo, isn't it? Come on. If you are lukewarm, you make no difference in the world. Nobody even knows you exist. But come on, if you are on fire for God, if you're stirred up, if your heart is aflame, if you guard your heart, protect your heart, feed your heart, don't have a stony weed patch pathway heart, but have good ground for the gospel going on. Feed yourself the word of God. Lift up your hands in praise and worship. Jump and shout because the Bible says with all your heart, your soul and your strength, we worship God with all our might. And as we love people, and as we serve people and as we go the extra mile or two or three, you know what? We can affect our world and turn it upside down. So number one, the Bible says a lot about offerings and the attitude of your heart. It says a stirred heart. Any stirred people here today, yeah? And a wise heart. Any wise hearts here today? Come on. Stirred spirit. Your whole life will rise or fall to the level of the spirit of faith and generosity that is within us whole life and our words. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. You know what? The words you say make all the difference. 
We've sung today about we uh, prophesy the word of the Lord in my mouth to bring about the change. What change needs to happen in your life? You know where it starts? In here. Well, it starts in the word of God, but it starts in here and it comes out your mouth. As we receive our offering today, this is our first fruits offering. Barns filled, vats overflowing. As we honor God in this place, we are believing God for the most incredible transformations, ones that are just going to absolutely shock us. Where God moves supernaturally. Sometimes it's because we change what we do and we become wise where we've been foolish. Hello. You know what? God wants to move on our behalf in the most amazing way.